passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let's get into the rookies, man. I, I thought that they were both solid enough. You know, uh, still a lot of work to be done. They're rookies after all. Let's not, for me, let's not be overly critical. I thought they were solid enough, specifically Amon Thompson. We can go one by one. Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, both obviously make their debuts, first summer league game, so they make their debuts. They're on the court with Tari Eason and Jabari Smith Jr. So, again, we mentioned this at the top of the show, but that was just, I, I thought, Fun and fascinating to see these first-round picks, four of them together, you know, of the last couple of years. And then, of course, you know, there's Jalen Green and, and Alperen Shingun not participating in, in Summer League, obviously, but they, they're on the team as well. So you, you think about these six first-round picks, this culmination of talent that you got, and four of them out there together. Amon Thompson, 16 points, five assists, uh, was six of 13 from the field three or four from free throw line, hit a three. You know, there's, of course, that question about his jump shot, but did hit a three for whatever it's worth. I thought that he, for the most part, looked like a floor general. You know, when you're going against Scoot Henderson, that, that was one of the things that, that stood out to me was that Scoot Henderson was just a clearly, obviously better, and and I would say more ready-made, like, star potential kind of guy. Like, he stood out a lot more. But Amon Thompson held his own. To me, looked like a floor general, and he's special when he's downhill. Like, a special athlete, a special ball handler, I think finishes around the rim very well. What were your impressions of watching the twin out there? And we'll get to Whitmore in a second. I, I thought he looked really good. Um, I was, I came off impressed. Um, it's really the first time that I've seen him in a, in a game environment, and I just... Um, the floor general aspect, like you said, I thought was really impressive. Just him in the pick and roll, finding guys, finding guys on the move. I thought was really, I, I just thought he looked terrific. And 
Um, he, I, I thought that he would be a guy who we wouldn't see a whole lot of this season, and he might be a little bit more ready than what I thought. Now, um, some of the holes in his game will obviously that'll get you know people that that'll be people will take advantage of those as we move forward just in an NBA season. Uh, but I thought if this is the baseline, that's a really solid baseline. And um, he took 13 shots today. Do you know how many of the 13 shots came in the paint? I'm going to take a guess. I'm not going to look at the numbers. I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to say uh, 13 shots. How many came in the paint? I can think of a couple of jump shots. I'm going to say 11. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah. Right? That's that's pretty good though. I swear to God to you, I did not look that up. This it's, is these. It's, it's, it took me a while to find this. I had to go find the shot chart. But that's to me, that's impressive to take thirteen field goal attempts in a game and eleven of them to come in the paint. Like that's not something that you necessarily see from young guys. You'll see them jack up a lot of shots, and we'll get into that in a minute when we talk about Cam Whitmore. But his ability to get yeah. in the paint, his ability to get into the paint is real. And that's a skill that, to me, it's really impressive. Um, he had a, a nice floater from, I don't know, maybe 10 feet out. That yeah. was impressive. Yeah. Uh, he's got to get a little uh, – listen, this is going to be – you can say this about everyone, but he's got to get a little bit more efficient from from the rim. But I, I think that he can certainly get there. Uh, but just his ability to get there, his ability uh, to make plays for others, I just thought was impressive. And he made the one three that he took. Um but I think that it's encouraging that he's not just jacking them up. You know, you'll see guys and we, we, we can talk about, we talk about, we've, we've witnessed that the last couple of years, they got plenty of guys. who will just jack up bad shots. He's not going to do that. And so I think that that's pretty encouraging that he's not this guy who's going to take seven threes a game and make 20% of them. So um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's an encouraging start for him uh, again, he it looked like he rolled his ankle towards the end of the game. So we'll see how much we see him moving forward um, in Vegas, but a, a good, it's, it's an encouraging start for him. And, um, you know, I, I remember two years ago being uh, at summer league and there was just kind of the feeling without Bryn Shingun that, well, they don't really, you know, he's not going to play a whole lot in year one. And then all of a sudden you watch him in summer, summer league, like, well, why they side Daniel Tice? They don't really need Daniel Tice. They have Shingun. And at one point, Shingun just shoved Daniel Tice out of the way, and he was starting to get consistent minutes. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Fred Van Vliet. But better not. It damn there, sure better not. But there is kind of that, like, hey, you know, this kid might be ready to contribute in year one, and we went and gave this point guard a whole lot of money. So I think it's I think it's it's interesting <laughs> at this point. But that being said, Van Vliet, we, we talked about this last week, and Van Vliet's going to help them a lot. But maybe Amon Thompson is ready to contribute a little earlier than we thought. I felt goofy for this, Adam. The last time we talked, our last episode, I'm thinking in my head, and I can't remember how much we talked about this off the top of my head right now. It's late. But I'm trying to remember, like, when we recorded the last time, and maybe it was the time before that, but very recently, obviously since they drafted Amon Thompson, I've been of the mind. I've been of the thinking. Why can't he? Why, what's preventing him from contributing right away? And that's not to put extra pressure on him, undue pressure on him, to, to just be like a gas bag and just say, hey, put, throw the rookie out there because I want to see him type of thing. But I'm thinking, like, if he's every bit the player that they say he is or that they want him to be, what's stopping him on a team like this when 
look, with respect to Fred Van Vliet, if Amon Thompson is anywhere close to his potential now, and I'm not saying that he is, I'm just saying if, if he is, to hell with that. Like, I, let, let's see what that kid looks like out there. You know, like the projection on Amon Thompson and what he could be and some of the flashes and glimpses of what we saw in this game are, hey, that's your point guard of the future, man. You, you drafted him number four overall for a reason, not just because number four fell into your lap and you lucked out and didn't get to, you know, you didn't get to get victory woman. Yama, you didn't get to get Scoot Henderson. You didn't get to get Brandon Miller. No, you intentionally drafted Amon Thompson. So I'm thinking, of, okay, if his player profile is what everybody's been hyping it up to be, and if he's anywhere close to that, let's see how the thing translates, and then let's go from there. I'm very intrigued by – how about this, Adam? Let's, let's just start here. Even if he's coming off the bench, which we expect to be the case, they signed Fred Van Vliet to a $130-something-million contract. We get it. How much have they improved at backup point guard if that's what he looks like? You know, and I don't want to overreact to a summer league game. Well, but, Porter too. Yeah, and exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, and, and Porter is just like a luxury at that point from the point guard standpoint. Hopefully, they're using him more so from an off ball standpoint. Like that's what I think you and I both envision for him. And then he's a luxury point guard option or a luxury sort of extra ball handler creator, shot creator, sort of uh, so to speak. So like now you've got some sort of depth chart of Fred Van Vliet, Amon Thompson, Kevin Porter Jr. as your playmakers, as your point guards, as opposed to Kevin Porter Jr. And what, you know, like, I I wonder what that's going to mean for them as a team overall, not to say, and we've done this exercise already looking at the rest of the West and saying, Hey, who are they better than? It's hard to really find too many teams that, that stand out that the Rockets are better than. But in that particular area area where they needed to get better, point guard specifically, or at the very least needed to get deeper, they've got Fred Van Vliet, a well-respected, accomplished winning point guard in this league, starting caliber point guard. Amon Thompson, who just based off of this small sample size, looks like he might be ready to at the very least be a backup point guard in the NBA. And Kevin Porter Jr. is still on the team. It feels pretty good. It feels like it should feel pretty good for them. Well, you look at that 20-game stretch in the middle of last season where they left Steven Silas without a point guard. I mean, I don't yeah. think that they're going to be – they won't be in that situation anymore. And so if something happens with Van Vliet, you have Porter, you have Thompson, you know, they're they're going to have somebody who can at least play that position now, whereas last year there was a 25 oh, – a fourth of the season where they were playing without a point guard. So at least they have that um, – I don't, you know, it's hard not to overreact sometimes to summer league. I'm going to try not to, and I'm going to assume that some of his weaknesses would turn into Achilles heels. Once you get into an NBA season, the shooting, just the youth of playing that position. I think that that makes it hard to be a good NBA point guard at this stage of his career. And it will probably benefit him to sit back and just kind of watch. And that might help the game move a little bit slower for him, but it's just encouraging. it's one of those things that it was just encouraging to see him play summer league at at a high level. And it it gives you some confidence moving forward that, Hey, this is the guy, this guy is what you drafted. This is what you thought you were drafting. And it looks like that he's going to be able to be a really good player. Again, I'm basing this off of 28 minutes in a summer league game, which ultimately won't mean a whole lot, but it's a positive step. It's something that like all, 
all the skills that we were told that he that he possessed, he showed those off tonight. And I think that's important. And I'm interested to see, you know, we'll see what happens with the ankle if he's able to go uh, on Sunday in their second game. But again, it's it's a positive. Like, that's all you can say. Like, he showed that he has the ability, he has the talent, he has the tools to be a really good NBA player. And that's what you want it for. And I think that it's probably good for him that there's just not going to be the same sort of pressure on him in his rookie season that Jalen Green had and that Jabari Smith Jr. had. So as good as he looked today, I was at I was at Jalen Green's first summer league game two years ago. He looked good, but you know what? He really struggled coming out of the gates as a rookie. Um, I wasn't at Jabari Smith's first uh, uh, summer league game. I was at his second and third summer league games, and he looked good. Again, that didn't necessarily translate to his rookie season because they were asking so much for both those guys. They were asking so much of both of them. So um, I, I don't think it hurts to not ask that much of Amin Thompson in year one. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. So Cam Whitmore, he he stands out physically and has an edge about him that I can respect and that I really like. But how long do you think it's going to take for them to teach him what the difference is between a good shot and a bad shot? Because I like his heart. I like the physicality. I like what I feel like he represents. But, man, 14 points – on 18 shots, 5 of 18 from the field, shot a few free throws, 1 of 6 from the three-point, 11 rebounds. Again, a physical, I think, physically superior to most or to at least most in the, that he's going to find in the summer league. We'll see how how that works out in the, in the actual NBA. But just didn't seem to have uh, sort of the opposite, I would say, of, of Amon Thompson in this way where – a thing that stood out about Thompson was his feel for the game. He seems to have, especially as somebody that hasn't played what I would say is high level, you know, in overtime elite, the question is like, okay, the level of competition for the level of competition, whatever you want to say about it, he seems to have a good, pretty decent feel for the game with more, not quite as much. What do you think is the learning curve there? What were some of your impressions of him? in his first summer league appearance. He likes to shoot. Doesn't he? He, 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 doesn't he, never, met, he never met a shot he doesn't like. Um, Man, he was trying to get buckets, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he, he he basically, whenever he touched it, he shot it. Um, 14 points on 18 shots. It's not going to be, you know, obviously that's not an efficient number at all. No. Um, 
but that's kind of what he was in college. And we we have seen over the last six, seven years, these Villanova guys come in and they're just ready to go. And they all are excellent players um, going back from uh, the 2016 team that won the championship. Then you have the 2018 team and all these other Nova guys have come into the league and been very good. Um, he's different though, because I don't, and I don't know this for sure, but most of those other Villanova guys weren't one and dones and all those other Villanova guys played for Jay Wright and Cam Whitmore was a one and done and Cam Whitmore did not play for Jay Wright. So it's a different sort of Villanova player. Um, uh, just, you look at like the physical tools are real. Like there is a reason why people had him possibly going forth in the draft. Just the, he's just, the tools are what they are and those tools can't be taught, but he's going to shoot a lot and he's not necessarily going to be efficient. Uh, He's not like you, you just look at Villanova this year. He played in 26 games. He finished with 19 assists. So that's less than one assist a game. And he had the ball a lot, Um, 42 turnovers and 19 assists. So, I mean, we're, you know, that's more than one turnover for every assist. Yeah, you know that's a one to two, basically. Not, 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 not ideal. Not no. ideal. And so that's where there's going to be a learning curve with him. We just talked about how Amen Thompson might be a little bit more ready to play year one than we anticipated. I don't think that's going to be the case with Cam Whitmore. I think that Cam Whitmore is going to spend a lot of time in the G League. He might score thirty a game in the G League, um, but I think that that will be good to get him in that system, to get him in that program just to get him into maybe a little bit more structure, because I think that's one thing that he's really going to need um, and just work on his overall game. Like, again, there's t- like the talent with him is real and he's in, I mean, he, he turns actually, um, let's see, it's, we're doing this. It's nine 50 in Vegas. So he turns 19 in two hours and 10 minutes. His birthday is tomorrow. So he'll turn 19 in two hours and 10 minutes. Um, so he, He's yeah, so, so audience, eighteen years old as of as of the time we're recording this podcast and when he played, and nineteen by the time you likely listen to this, basically. His birth, like he's from Maryland. In Maryland, he's nineteen. In Vegas, he's still eighteen. But you know, that's that's the point, though. He's just he's incredibly young, and it it is very rare that you dropped a guy at eighteen now. And you know he was young when you know he's he's a summer birthday. So that, that's basically an Alperin Shingun thing. Alperin Shingun was drafted when he was 18. That's basically what you have right now with Cam Whitmore. So he's incredibly raw. It's going to take a lot of time. I, I would not, I did not think that he would contribute. And you could, I did not think he'd contribute a lot as a rookie just based off of who they have in front of him at that position. And watching him play today, it just reminds you that, yeah, it's, it's going to take some time. Like it, it's not one of those things that is going to come overnight and that's okay. You know, let him go to the G league, let him get his feet wet there. Um, let him get the reps there. I don't think that's going to hurt him at all. It doesn't take away from just the natural ability that he has. He showed that at times today, but he's got to rein it in a little bit. 